Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. This week on Transformers Rewind, Hoist Goes Hollywood. Tremendous! Astounding! Oh, this is too good to waste. We have to work it into the picture. But how do robots fit into my action movie? Well, they don't fit in the old script, uh, but the new script... New script? Why, yes, a great science fiction epic. We'll call it uh, Attack of the Alien Robots. Get those stunt robots back here. I don't care what you have to offer them. Yes, sir! Oh, no. <laughs> Spike and Carly are taking a relaxing drive in Hoist. But before we can question their choice of vehicle, two random cars speed past, and they watch one drive off a cliff, landing on another. Before they can get down and try to make with the rescue, someone comes along yelling at them for wrecking the scene. Somehow, they've managed to wander in the middle of a movie shoot. But the director is impressed at seeing Hoist in action and immediately hires him on for his next movie. was they call me hoist what a name good job moist carly look harold edsel and karen fishhook real movie stars oh spike this is so exciting you know moist i think we can use you how'd you like a job as a well what should we call it uh vehicle robot elsewhere dirge is flying around some big heavy thing but ends up crashing with it in a swamp set on a movie lot my what a coincidence Megatron yells at Starscream for being last year's toy and sends some of the new guys out after Dirge and his cargo. <laughs> Hoist arrives at the studio for his job, along with several other Autobots determined to participate. And in a truly prophetic turn of events, the Transformers end up taking a backseat in the movie in favor of the human actors. Hold it, hold it, hold it! This picture's supposed to be an action picture, right? Trash. So we need plenty of action. We'll work it into the picture. You're all hired. You boys start today as my new stunt vehicles. Hey, boys, we're going to be movie stars. Yeah. Okay, Harold, uh, take your position. Action. Kissed. What do I get? The other Autobots want Hoist to demand better roles for them, but get the brush off and decide they've had enough and leave, 
right about when Astro Train, Thrust, and Ramjet uh, show up at the swamp set. The Decepticons succeed at salvaging Dirge and his cargo and take off again. Megatron inspects the device Dirge was carrying. He knows only that Wheeljack made it, so it must be an awesomely powerful weapon. Astro Train then mentions being filmed at the studio, and Megatron orders that film destroyed so nobody else will learn of the device. The director retools the movie and calls the Autobots back for starring roles as alien monsters. The Decepticons start sabotaging the studio in search of the film negatives, and Spike and Carly figure out what's going on and try to keep the film safe. Never fear, I'll blast those bad guys into the next universe. Fall down, fall down! But his weapon didn't fire! This is a movie. We'll draw the laser rays on the film later. You, you know, special effects. I don't believe this! What happened here? What are you looking for? I'm missing several scenes from the picture. Someone broke in here and stole them. Who would want to steal scenes from this picture? Hey, how come this film is black and white? I thought it was going to be in color. That's just a copy called the work print. That way we can keep changing it around without scratching the original negative. Then you can make other copies. Why, you're right. The negative's still in the vault. I'll have the scenes reprinted. Then maybe we'll find out why someone took them. Starscream, are you sure you got all of the film with the Decepticons in it? Of course. I personally oversaw the operation. Correction. The negative is still missing. How, how was I to know? I did what you told me. I followed your orders. I warned you, Starscream. Wait. Why not just level the studio, destroying all the prints? I've had enough of you and your ideas. Megatron, don't, don't. I'm too when the Decepticons catch up to the Autobots, Hoist threatens to drop Carly in the film in flesh-eating lava unless Megatron retreats. He refuses, and Hoist drops Carly. Megatron takes the Decepticons and leaves, believing the film to no longer be a threat. But it was just special effects. Watching the movie in the screening room, Wheeljack mentions the device is completely useless. And the director is so impressed with Hoist's acting ability, he's offered the lead in the next movie. But Hoist has had enough of this shit and goes home. You and the rest of the Decepticons get out! Or I'll drop them and your precious film into this pit of flesh-eating lava! An Autobot would never hurt a human! You're bluffing! Am I? to follow them, Megatron! Boy, you sure scared the heck out of us there for a minute. <laughs> There's no such thing as flesh-eating lava. This is the movies. Amazing what you can do with a vat of muddy water, some air hoses, and a little smoke machine, isn't it? what Megatron wanted? Oh, brother, that thing never did work. I mean, if it had, I'd have taken it with us when we left Cybertron. 
Well, Moist? Uh, excuse me, but the name's Hoist? Whatever, that was a fine piece of acting you did back there. I'd like to uh, work you in as the leading man in my next film. Well, I... Thanks, but no thanks. My duty as an Autobot comes first, no matter how unglamorous a role it may seem. So, before we started recording this, JD commented that this was an extremely convoluted episode, so let's let's start with that. What? What? How do you... How do, how do you even wander onto a movie shoot? Why did the other Autobots even know there was a movie going on? How does Megatron even get something out of Wheeljack's shop? At what point... Did he say that anything Wheeljack makes works? I mean, what? <laughs> you know, you know, watching this episode, I it just kept occurring to me over and over again that people who remember G1 as being the Battle of Autobot City and Transformers the movie, for those people, this is a real kick in the pants. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it so is. It's like, and the funny thing is, it's like. I mean, I love Transformers. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I mean, I, we, when I heard we were doing this episode, I was all over it because, like, I love this episode. But it's wacky as all hell. <laughs> I mean, it, it, especially this director character who's like, they're great. Hire them. And what are these random things that wander onto his set? He just hired. I mean, he is the perfect character of the character of what you think. Hollywood action movie director is ironic that later he would become Michael Bay and then make Transformers movies because like literally you could just see this as the making of uh, you know Revenge of the Fallen you know where Bay just keeps throwing things at the film but yeah I mean, wow. there, I mean there's so many strange movie cliches or uh, tropes and things thrown into this that just mm-hmm. like. Like the director's chairs, the gigantic Autobot director's chairs that the, <laughs> the Autobots are sitting in. They're trans fan sized. I mean, basically. I mean, that's, I saw that. And I'm like, one, how do they get those so quick? And two, <laughs> how can I get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could probably they're, sit in. They're ginormous. Yeah, they can fit a car, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a car in it. It's a tent. <laughs> I just want to send Megatron, like, season one box set and be like, watch this and explain to me where anything Wheeljack made work. Yeah. <laughs> remember that time remember that time that he came out with the big rocket looking thing and then blew up when he was trying to shoot at you when you were flying? That was only like a few months ago, okay? <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> Nothing he meant. In the works. episode, he even laughs at the idea that they stole something he made. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, that never worked. They're crazy for using that, for taking that. If you switch, you'd kill everybody. Everybody has a laugh, a good laugh, you know. Another one of my death machines, inadvertent death machines. Thing I make that doesn't work. I mean, I'll admit, I like this episode, but I really prefer when Skullgren went Hollywood. I mean, you know, it's... Right. That's right. The censors I mean, did. There's no comparing, you know, Skullgren and Hoist. I mean, yeah. They, they got completely different approaches to acting. So. Yeah. One thing that really caught my attention in this episode is the 
rather excessive domestic abuse between Megatron and Starscream. Oh, God. That is here. There's plenty of uh, flash fodder. Uh, yes. It's also another episode when you become wildly apparent that Carly is way the hell smarter than Spike. <laughs> That there is like no hope for Spike. Like they go, like the one part where they go in the room and she hands him the film can. He's like, "What'd you do that?" And she's like, "It's okay, it's an empty one. I grabbed it just in case." Like this girl plans ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But by by season three, though, Spike is like entrusted with world peace and crap like that. Why I don't know. Because you realize the majority of people in the world are idiots, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. They're like, well, he has a penis. He doesn't know what's going on. Meanwhile, Carly is just like, no. So you're all dumb. You're all idiots. Also, she she probably was offered that job and was too smart to take it. Yeah. So. Do you know how many times I say that mechanic's son's ass? <laughs> he knows nuts and bolts, but that's about it. He's not real bright. Special one. <laughs> And unfortunately, her kid takes after its father. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we know where all the genes came from in that family. <laughs> Man. But yeah, I mean, and there's, you know, uh, for the first few episodes of season two, there is def- there's that uh, most of the cast was focused around the season one characters still. And it took a little while before they started really heavily introducing the season two or the 85 toys into season two. And it really feels like you're being beaten over the head with that fact in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the main cast, yeah. except for Megatron and Starscream, is uh, and they 85 toys. And they don't do anything but bicker at each other back home. Uh, Sunstreaker was in this episode, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Um, but, well, there were just tons of toys flying at you. So Yeah, it was like, hey, look at how cool Trax is. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look how action-y Trax is. Look at Trax complaining about his paint job. (laughs) Yeah, you got Hoist, Trax, Warpath, and then, you know, you got the Coneheads and Astro Train featuring heavily for the Decepticons. You know, I mean, it's really really heavily pushing the 85 toys, and like I said in the summary, Megatron's basically beating up on Starscream for being last year's model. Yeah, and and you pointed out at the beginning, it it is really strange and awkward and telling that Spike and Carly are riding in hoist. Yeah. That's just, like, completely out of left field. Well, if it was something else, I would say they just want more back room space than Bumblebee can give them, but, you know, hoist is a tow truck. That's not really going to... Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of early episodes where they're riding around Trailbreakers, so I mean, that's not. Yeah, so, but Trailbreakers not a tow truck. Well, they're the same mold. Right, but <laughs> that's what, that's you would, what you would take said. a camper shell pickup truck for a ride in the country. Well, that's true. People, most people don't get in their conversion tow truck and go for a leisurely cruise on a Sunday afternoon. Have you been to a Louisiana? I said most people. Most but people. He wasn't busy. I mean, what else is he going to do? You know, like like Bumblebee might actually have work to do. Like he might actually have like reconnaissance and stuff. You know, Hoist shows up. Like Hoist, cool. Um, I'll take uh, my John, no sugar, and uh, <laughs> uh, Ratchet. What do you want? <laughs> like so, you know. That reminds me that we need to do the Master Builder sometime. That is another great episode. <laughs> that 
looks like another episode where Hoist does something. Yes, we should do that <laughs> as well. Let's get all those episodes where Hoist was useful in. Well, we're halfway through them. 